Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. And welcome to the Windsor Not episode 9. My name is Joe Scrabbles. I'm joined by Daniel Kruper. Hello, Joe. I sped up really quickly to make you get excited. I'm very excited. I was talking to the listener, but you as well. Um, this episode, we're going to concentrate on families. Families are very important. Always got our theme this week. It's families. Uh, we're not, not going to lie. Sometimes the theme is loose. Oh, yeah, of course it's but, loose. But always focused. Hey, in uh, I'm just going to get it out of the way up top. We got a really nice write-up on the AV Club this week. They, it was wicked, and they even described it as loose themes. They're loose themes. Everyone accepts it. You know what? We, we set out on this road with idealistic ambitions of tight themes. It can't be done. So you say that. We didn't. Originally, we were going to go... Uh, originally, our idea, our idea was just to read out the week's news. And then we started going, that's insane. How, what would we possibly do? So I don't know if anyone else fits on this. Um, we've imposed this weird conceit on ourselves that every episode has to have a one-word title. Which makes no sense when the one-word title is international. <laughs> uh, mate, like, updates is... Oh, anyway. Updates okay. was great. I thought that was a It's a good episode. episode, but like, I don't know why we've imposed that rule upon ourselves. Yeah, but but we are stylish. But we're talking about families. We're and the specifically. Cummings of podcasts. <laughs> we've got no punctuation whatsoever. Wait, did he have punctuation? You know, uh, he did what he wants. I like that occasionally he we dip in. what he wants. We dip into literary stuff and then go, oh, I don't know enough about that to talk about that. Probably shouldn't have brought it up. Um, you do, it's fine. Right, families, and more specifically what we're talking about are the families of Meghan and Harry. But I think probably focusing a bit more on Meghan this week. Yeah, a bit both. And and their involvement in the wedding. It'll make Mate, sense I've, once we start I've, talking I've also, about it. I've also got a little secret family thing up my sleeve as well. Have you? I'm quite excited about that. But the big story this week is that Meghan Markle has invited her reclusive dad to the royal wedding. And he will beat his shyness to walk her down the aisle, according to the son. Her shyness. Uh, his shyness, sorry. Oh, her highness, his shyness. Yeah. Uh-huh. That works out. There were rumours that 73-year-old Thomas Markle Sr. would be blanked after Meghan decided against asking half-brother Thomas Jr. and half-sister Samantha. So, to explain the sort of, the, story, what's of going on here, okay. uh, Thomas Markle Sr. had um, a wife... Prior to Doria Ragland, who is Meghan's mother, mm-hmm. and he had two children, Thomas Jr. and Samantha. Then he ma- uh, married Doria, had Meghan, and then divorced Doria after that. So, Thomas Jr. and Samantha are quite a bit older than Meghan, and they have not been invited to the wedding. Because I don't think they know each other all that well. Yeah. Although we'll get on to this later. Yep. They do talk a lot about her. <laughs> Uh, in a way that I'm not super impressed by. But Thomas Markle 
there was all this talk about how he was not going to be coming to the wedding, he wasn't going to be invited because they weren't, which doesn't really make sense. No, because those are different relationships. Yes. Uh, the, the, I think part of the uh, a big reason for this is there is a video of Megan when she's 18 years old driving around LA with her friend, and she says, I don't have a super close relationship with my dad. She's 18 at the time. She's, what, 36 now? Yeah. Things Quite sh- literally double the age. Things change. Yeah. I think it's kind of, you know, that's not really evidence to go by. Anyway, so there were rumours that Thomas Markle Sr. was going to be blanked, which is a bad word when it comes to a royal wedding. No one gets blanked. But a family friend told the son on Sunday, Thomas Sr. is overjoyed to be beside his little girl on the day she becomes a princess. Technically a duchess, but that's fine. Even if he has to battle his demons to get there. What? He's not exactly thrilled at facing the world's glare. Which I reckon is a little um, joke about him being a lighting director when he had his job as a lighting director. Is he worried about walking with people watching him? Well, so he apparently has a limp, but... Uh, That's not why I brought it up. Oh, okay. The reason I bring this up is like the other day, you and I and our friend Simon went bowling. (laughs) Yes. and, And midway through bowling... I forgot how to do bowling. Same. And we, I, got, we, I, I got super self-conscious about, like, the run-up. Me one and of you. The world, word. And there was one time I did it where I literally just landed on my face because I wasn't focusing on bowling. I was focusing on walking. And unfortunately, what you're doing is focusing on walking whilst you have a five-pound weight well, in your hand. The thing hands. that is massively imbalancing me. <laughs> yeah. There's this one ball, and I, I, I knew it was going to happen. I was so conscious of the thing that I do every day. I nearly basically upended myself. Um, amazingly, we both had exactly... I don't think Simon felt this because he's a relatively stable person. Yeah. Me and you independently both had that thought and talked about it afterwards. Like, I did f- you have that minute where I, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Because this weird thing... Because obviously there's a moment of tension coming up where you release the ball. Where I know everyone around me is watching me walk. And there was one point where I was like, I've forgotten how to do this. Mm. And maybe that's what he's suffering. Well, I don't know if that's the case. But we'll get on to that. Okay. Also, he does apparently have a limp, uh, which he suffered after right. a leg injury two years ago. But I don't think that's it either. We'll carry on. We'll get on to my point. He's not exactly thrilled at facing the world's glare. He lives... This is apparently all according to a family friend, unnamed, obviously. He lives a reclusive life in Mexico. But nothing will stop him from having Megan on his arm for the big day. Mum, Doria Ragland, who divorced Thomas when Megan was six, is also invited. Thomas Jr. missed out and blamed a drunken bust-up with his fiance. They tactfully miss out the point that Thomas Jr., after his drunken bust-up with his fiance, pointed a gun at her. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about that we'll another time. That, uh, Samantha will be in Windsor for the May 19th wedding to Prince Harry, but as a guest of a TV channel. Thomas Jr. and Samantha. Now, the, my point here is, obviously her dad is going to be there. Like, it would be crazy if he was... Unless he was actually a terrible person or estranged. He's there. He's met Harry. Him and Harry get on, apparently. They've they've met once or twice. What I want to point out is this idea that he's a recluse and that he's got crippling shyness, to uh, quote a few people appears to be completely made up and is a thing that's been made up for a while and has sort of snowballed out of all control. This, I, Someone once said, I think, like, I've looked at a load of stories about him to find this out. Super early on, a tabloid said, um, 
he lives a secluded life in Mexico, which is true. But it's turned into him having crippling shyness and, like, social anxiety because all of these reports don't do any fucking research. They just look at everyone else's stories and go, oh, I've heard that. It's become a... And then you use tabloidy language to blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. And now it's just a lie? So... He just loves Mexico. Now, uh, let me give you a reason for why this might might have happened. Um, according to the Daily Mail, this is one of their headlines. So, why is Meghan's dad determined to hide from the world? How Thomas Markle, 73, has changed his phone number and concealed his address to avoid being traced. The Daily Mail, weeks before this, uh, before this story, had gone to his house and taken pictures of him without his knowledge in front of his own house. Like, this is why he's changing things. He's hiding from you, you fucking idiots. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> bastards. It's so annoying. What do we know for sure? I've decided... I'm going to look up some things that are actually true about Thomas Mark, and we can all talk about them instead, instead okay. of making his this life nice. weird. You're going against the grain. In 1990, he won the lottery. He won seven hundred. These are true things. He won $750,000 in the 1990 lottery, which apparently paid for a lot of Meghan Markle's education, which led to her becoming an actress, and he's incredibly proud of her. Um, Go on the lottery. I've adjusted for inflation. One million four hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars. Oh, seven hundred ninety-three dollars and four cents. That's, That's amazing in today's dollars. Wicked, right? Um, he lives in a, and I quote, a little yellow house <laughs> perched high on a hundred and twenty-foot cliff overlooking the Pacific Ocean, which I think is cool. It's a very quaint description. I should point out this move to Mexico is not because he was hiding from the world's eye. He retired and wanted to move yeah, somewhere that was home. cheaper. It's like someone in Britain moving to Spain. Yeah, he just went, I want to live somewhere cheaper. Why wouldn't I live in a little yellow house on a cliff? That sounds that, cool that as hell. That sounds wicked. Exactly. Uh, I will also th- say that he seems like a good lad, because this is according to Megan. Uh, when she was in seventh grade, uh, she was asked to do a mandatory census, and her English teacher told her to check the ethnicity box for Caucasian. Um, because you could choose between African-American or Caucasian, in her case, Um, which confused her, and she says that when her father... uh, When she told her father, he said, if that happens again, you draw your own box. Yeah, this is not a mixed-race box. No. Cool as hell. What a wicked response. That's good. What a lad. He's literally thinking outside the box so much you draw another box. Yeah. And the biggest point I have to make here that we can know for sure is he's not a fucking recluse. He has literally filmed... By people who have sent the video to the Sun, who are the people saying that he's got crippling shyness, talking about the wedding in public. He's fine. Perfectly openly. He said, uh, I think it's wonderful. I'm very delighted. I think they're a very good match. I'm very happy for them, Meghan and Harry. I love my daughter very much. And Harry's a gentleman. Granted, he did finish this up by saying, now leave me alone, please. Don't bother me anymore. No more flashing cameras in my eyes, or I'll flash back and drove off. <laughs> and it's fair enough. And I basically think Thomas Markle uh, Sr. sounds wicked, and stop bothering him, and stop saying that he's got, like, some just, problem that you need to solve. He's, he's just, just not, a man. <laughs> he's just not attention hungry. He's a 73-year-old man who lives on a cliff. He's wicked, and yeah. you wish you were him. And you, were, you wish you had that little yellow house. <laughs> exactly. So this is a um, a related story, but with a slightly different um, tenor. 
Um, this is a, um, about two of the guests on Megan's side of the family. So 600 guests are expected to attend on the day. Mm-hmm. But obviously you can't invite everyone. This is a problem that I think everyone who's getting married faces. Yep. We talked about this before. Who's day do? Who's evening do? Precisely. Who, who, who do you invite? How do you negotiate that? How do you navigate that? It's just a minefield. And there's two people who didn't make the list, and they've been very vocal about it in the last week. This is Tracy Dooley. This is Megan's former sister-in-law. Oh, explain how. So I assume this is the sister of Megan's ex-husband. Oh, right. Yes, of course. And, yeah. her, and her nephew, Tyler Dooley. And her nephew? The Dooleys, yeah. So is it her ex-nephew? Yes. Right. Yeah, which seems a weird phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's the son of this, of this person, just Tracy wanna, Dooley. Just want to put it out there. Why would you invite them? Which is the, the pretense of this story. It's like this person who's get, attending the wedding via a TV company. Mm. It's people coming out of the woodwork. And like... And that, wanting to profit off. That them. person who want, who's attending the wedding through a TV company, that's her half-sister. Like, that's... I don't think she has much contact with her. And apart from anything else, from what I can tell, and I'm not going to delve into this because I haven't done enough research, Samantha, Samantha and Thomas Jr., her half-siblings have both talked a lot about her without her permission. So it's, it's, weird, a, bit, it? it's a bit odd. It's weird, like, and maybe they've got that relationship, but it's fine. If anyone knows you super well, they're just not doing that. You would think they're not. They're just not. Anyway, so to get back, so this is, these people appeared on Good Morning Britain, mm-hmm. which is, as you probably, if you're an international, you know, it uh, sounds like Good Morning America. It's quite a recent affectation for the show. Mm. You speak, when I was growing up, it's called GMTV. I love GMTV. Good morning. Television. It wasn't as stylized. Um, so they appeared on the show via satellite, and they were interviewed by British presenters Susanna Reid and Richard Maidley. I think I've mainly put this story in because of my love of Richard Maidley. Richard Maidley's one of the most endlessly fascinating people on British TV. So... I know we have an international lead listenership, and to like, it's hard to explain Richard Madeley in a way that doesn't involve a comparison to another very other British thing. Which Alan is, Partridge. He is the real-life Alan Partridge. We, and to unpack that slightly, it's just it's the worst kind of mainstream daytime broadcaster who... He's the uncoolest man to look quite cool yeah. ever. Like, Richard Madeley is an attractive middle-aged man... Who has one of the worst uh, in like conversational manners of yeah. anyone and I've it, ever like, seen? It, 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 he, he walks this fine line between obscenely banal and obscene, and <laughs> manages to do so a uh, unnervingly perfectly. But in in this story, I think he comes off brilliantly. I like, think he's I, was, in I this. was obsessed with Richard and Judy when I was a student. I used to watch it every day, and it's just like a fascinating show because it was kind of car crash TV. Yeah, is so Richard and Judy they're a married couple and they used to host a lot of um, TV in Britain, especially during daytime. And they had an evening like five o'clock show, five to six, I think, on Channel Four. I used to watch it all the time when I was a student. It's a very old. This is a very old story and one that I think I've cribbed. For from maybe the old Russell Brand radio show, but they told this thing that's really stuck in my head, which was, um, there was some, like, something about babies dreaming, uh, like uh, some study about what a baby's dream would be. And Richard Madeley just goes, you know, uh, 
I think if someone could invent a sort of TV screen that showed you what a baby's dream was, and they'd be a millionaire. <laughs> it's like, out of nowhere, he's just said the maddest well, thing you could again, say. Again, I would encourage, and that's why I've put this in a story on it. Like, if you don't know who Richard Amelia is, I encourage you to find... There's several Twitter accounts you could follow yeah. that just quote stuff he said on British TV out of context. And it is immensely delightful. It will it will keep you repaid in happiness for yeah. the rest of your I'm life. I'm sure there are YouTube compilations that the, will... The, Blow your mind. There's a documentary he did a few years ago. He's not on TV as much as he used to be. He does a lot of radio. And there's a documentary he did like a year ago about homeless people. Oh, God. Yeah, there's a a super cool. It's insane. Anyway, so go back to Good Morning Britain. Um, Tyler, who is her nephew, former nephew-in-law, however you want to phrase it, it's such a tangential relationship. There's not even a proper way of terming it. Um, We've been here from the beginning. We're not because she married into... Your relation. Also, presumably, if he's her nephew, he was born. Usually, that's he was born after. Maybe there's her. more here that I don't quite. It's, it's phrases. We, we've been here from the beginning, her whole life. Well, presumably, you're younger than. Maybe I'm wrong. I know. Well, you can have a nephew who's yeah, younger, who's just, older than you, but and all that just kind of always stuff. rooting her on and supporting her. His mum, Tracy, who was previously married. Oh, sorry. It's not through Megan's relationship. She was married to Megan's brother. I, I, I will correct that. She was married to Megan's... Okay, okay, okay. So it's an in-law on the other way. So right. it's not Megan's marriage. That's my bad. That's my Hands bad. Hands up. We can, um, we can make mistakes. Tracy said, I don't think we are going to get invitations. Yeah, they've already got out. Yeah. And that's fine. We didn't bloody get that's one. A very, you're not getting that's any. A very, that's a very passive game. And that's fine. I don't even care about We're it. okay with that. I've got plans. We're still supporting her on. We're so proud of her. And this point is where Rich Maidley, who obviously just like, if you have any awareness of Rich Maidley, he doesn't care what other people think. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a flying fuck For some it. reason, he can't be fired anymore. It, well, I don't know when that happened. There's actually a thing like, it, I don't know if it's late 90s, like, this thing where he's like, he was caught shoplifting. Yeah. Didn't affect his career, really. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> at that point, Richard decided to investigate why the pair were not asked to join the royal couple on the big day. This is a brilliantly journalistic question. It's very simple. He goes, when did you last see her? <laughs> uh, Tyler then confessed he hadn't actually spoken to his auntie since she announced her engagement. Say, oh, I, I talked to her. But that's not even just the engagement. I talked to her probably three years ago. That's well before the engagement. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the same interview, Tracy admitted she hadn't seen Megan for 20 years. <laughs> 20? And this is where Richard Maley, regardless of you were thinking of him, He's, he's, he, Megan was literally a teenager. He's cut to the chase here, Richard. <laughs> he just goes, well, it doesn't seem unreasonable that, that you're not invited, does it? I mean, it's 20 years. You're pretty much on the fringes, aren't you, of the family, to be honest. <laughs> so wait, have you seen this clip? Have you watched it? Yeah. So do they genuinely seem passive-aggressive? Do they seem annoyed by the fact that they've not been invited? Because um, his response... Because that's there's two different ways of seeing that. Because if they're... I think, like, I think they've appeared knowing kind of what they're doing. They're on TV. I don't think they expect him to say that. Well, that's it. I think they expect him to be like, oh, it's unbelievable she's not invited you. Do you reckon? I well, this, I, don't I don't know. think they were prepared for it because they do take, seem taken aback a bit. Right. So that's what I was going to get onto. I don't know how they responded, but like, if they were going, it's fine. We don't really care. She's our mate. And then he uh, says that. It's called Good Morning Britain. I think it's going to, I think they think it's going to be very polite. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, he yeah. just goes, mate, you're on the fringes 20 years. 
Um, the fringes. They they take a little bit of offence, and she kind of like stumbles away along, and she goes, "Ah, oh, the arrangements are being made." I think. Yeah, they are. They've been made. You not listen to this? Elderflower and lemon. <laughs> it's been you. decided. Um, I think guests are getting decided before fucking floral weird cakes. I don't. I don't think he's waiting for an invitation because I'm sure they already have plans in place. From me talking to him, he's very excited to be a part of it. That's talking about uh, Megan's dad because mm. he's going to be there. But uh, yeah, I think that's kind of symptomatic. Of it. There are a lot of people who want to be a part of it that aren't actually a part of it, and this is a weird thing where it's a weird scaled up version and a weird like media augmented version of a thing that I think a lot of people have to navigate with their weddings where like oh, who absolutely. do you invite who don't you invite you were in a wedding last week yeah it's like and there were weird things there we were talking about weird like, politics of like who do you not invite because the way families are you can be part of family and not be close and it's okay to go that's okay yeah we're part of, we're blood relations but we don't have much in common and we don't really know each other and that's absolutely fine yeah oh, it's but so it's weird that some people do take personal offense of that which i don't really get because i'm not that kind of person and i think the weird things put into this mix is like if you don't get invited to one of these weddings in your life but you can speak to someone else for money is the weird <laughs> yeah that's di- never gonna happen <laughs> but, that's the, but that's the weird dynamic that exists now for this sort of stuff mm. like presumably they get paid for this appearance well i mean her half sister's going with the tv channel i'm sure she's doing all right um joe would you like to know about another guest that is at the wedding i mean I think I already know because over- I- overtaking the racist letter, this is the most requested story we've ever had. All day this has been coming in. <laughs> Again, like, it's a really thing, weird thing. Joe and I, our actual jobs is nothing related to this. Absolutely not. But every week now we get tweets seeing us in crazy stories. Yeah. I was actually good that you saw this story, but... Um, I, I'd seen it before we'd even been recommended uh, okay. it. Like so, I saw, I woke up this morning looking for stories because I'd not prepared well enough and looked at it and was like, I'll be reading that out whatever theme we have tonight. Um, <laughs> some of you won't know, know what this is. It's okay. unbelievable. Here's, a, here's another guest. Princess Diana. Excuse me? Will be there. This is in quotes, sorry. Will be there at Prince Harry's royal wedding as a ghost. <laughs> Say psychics. Uh, they've missed out a big part of this. They're psychic twins. They're psychic twins. Psychics believe, there's a plural, psychics believe the late mother of the groom will put in an appearance when her son marries Meghan Markle. This is in the star, by the way, Daily Star. Of course. Princess Harry and Meghan Markle can expect a visit from the late Princess Diana when they marry on May 19th, according to psychics. Those are two paragraphs that say the same fucking thing. Expect the, except the second one says it in a much scarier way, which is, can expect a visit. Like, expect a visit, yeah. That's not during the wedding, that's later. That's Who's through the wall. Who's getting first? Jesus Christ. She's popping out of the cake. The mother of the groom wouldn't miss the rest. <laughs> right, sorry. The mother of the groom wouldn't miss the royal wedding for the world. Psychic twins Terry and Linda Jamison. Jamison? Jamison. I'm going to say Jamison. Have, have, announced, yeah, have announced the Daily Star. Both siblings claim they have the power to deliver messages by ghosts <laughs> who take control of their hands and scroll comments down for them to deliver. Through Terry and Linda. I love they've got really banal British names. Yeah, I, and also Terry's spelt... Uh, I also, I think they might be Australian, but I might be wrong. 
Are they two women? Or cause Terry spelled like a man's name. So, exactly. But I've seen pictures of them. They're two women, which I really ah. like. Terry being spelt like a man's name. I always think Terry Nutkins. Yeah. Bit of Nutkins going on. Look him up. That's if very you're British. Not from Britain. <laughs> We've got... A, it's really hard. Like, it's increasingly difficult realising that people from outside Britain uh, listen like, to this how podcast. Because you, you go... How do you explain Terry Nutkins? You me? suddenly realise how unbelievably localised your well, references you, you are. You did a tweet today that... Mate, I'm going to read the tweet out. <laughs> Listen to this. Because, to me, this sounds totally sensical. There's one word I thought, oh, maybe I can see that, but then... Yeah. Uh, here we are. Uh, basically, I went to a deli today <laughs> for the first time, and I bought... Um, Peter's. Peter's, and you it went was... went to Peter's for a lunch sandwich. I did, sandwich. and it was shite. Well, say it, their bacon sandwiches are very nice. They are. They? Uh, but what happened was, I bought a bap with chicken and mayo on it, which I think, honestly, one of the best sandwich fillings you can have. Apparently, people don't know what that is. I said, don't get weird about this, but if you put margarine on a bap that is about to have chicken mayo in it, you should be put to death. Which I firmly stand behind. Uh, margarine in something with mayo in it creates a weird film in your mouth. You can't taste the margarine anymore. Uh, sorry, you can't taste the mayo anymore. You just get margarine for the rest of it. It's bollocks. Uh, one of our American one colleagues... One of our lovely American colleagues, Terry, replied... Replied and said, this sounds like another language to me. Which, in retrospect, margarine, bit of a weird one, but I think they call it margarine. Yeah. I've heard yeah. margarine. Maybe yeah. it's just like... No, they they pronounce it margarine. Oh, margarine, like yeah. arugula. Like, like herbs. <laughs> like herbs. Like, and speakways. Uh, we say leisure, they say leisure. Yeah, and they say <laughs> allium iron. <laughs> Uh, oh, we've just hemorrhaged listeners. But, um, yeah, she... How do we get onto that? Anyway, localised references. Don't eat chicken mayo with margarine. That's the rest. Carry on with Diana. We're, like, dabbling with this stuff. Okay. Through Terry and Linda, they said, Diana told them, I will most definitely be present for Harry and Meghan's wedding. I was also there for William and Kate's wedding. I will almost definitely be... I've got a few things on. on. (laughs) I will be beautiful... It will be beautiful, like my own ceremony, with a horse and carriage. Ghost Diana, hyphenated, continued. So the horse and carriage thing keeps coming up, and I've not seen any official reference that they will be in a horse and carriage. Um, Oh, God. I am around them all more than they realise. Ooh. Grammatically, that's weird. Yeah. It's expected that Harry and Meghan will pay tribute to... Oh, God. This is so horribly written. It's expected, this goes back to the Star article, it's expected that Harry and Meghan will pay tribute to his dead mum. <laughs> Weird phrase. To his dead mum, who died in a car crash in Paris night. Who's written this? In a number of small ways at the wedding. So, it's, which is fitting. I think a lot of people would do that, have little tokens and little signifiers to would. a number of people who you would want to be on there on the day. Um, so they go on, and there's a lot of filler in this article. But, like, I've, they've I've, just, like, I'm I've sorry, been, like, Terry and Linda, you've done well to get in the Daily Star and get yourself a bit of press. They've gone far beyond the Daily Star. They've been all over the place. Have you read um, what they've done before? No. They predicted 9-11. Four days Except later. they predicted it in 2002. So they were a year off. Uh, they've they've done some pretty big stuff. They've been around on the scene for a long time, writing Terry down Linda- ghost messages. Uh, they Wait, they also they can channel uh, Michael let, Jackson. Let me just search Terry and Linda because several <coughs> years ago, they're not from Haunted Happenings, are they? 
Oh, I don't know. So several years ago, um, through a work thing, I actually conducted a seance. <laughs> yeah, you talked tr- about this. Under the Trocadero in London. Now, if you don't know where the Trocadero... <laughs> That's the least sexy place in the world. The Trocadero. It, it, it is haunted, but in a very different way. Oh, Linda and Terry Jameson are American identical twins based in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, that's not what I was thinking. Who perform as psychics. The Jamesons' predictions have been featured in tabloid newspapers, and they've appeared in various media. They claim to have channeled the spirits of dead celebrities and predicted future events, such as the September 11th attacks. However, critics question the accuracy of their predictions. Weird. Um, Oh, they... Ah... Who do they remind me of? They look like someone. Also, apparently they're 53. They look very good for 53. Yeah, they look brilliant. Yeah. That's the, go- like that's a, the spirit realm for you. Spectral cheeky girls. The career... Oh, wait, should we look into their background? Oh, there's not much here. They worked as painters. Oh, that's weird. They worked as performance artists. How oh, strange. Like, just to go back to um, when I did Haunting Happenings. It reminds me of this. I, I didn't realise they were American, but like... Terry and Linda sound like very British names. They do, very like, much so. I did this um, seance under the Trocadero in London, which is kind of like a an arcade thing in like near Leicester Square Piccadilly Circus. Mm. like a lot of arcade machines bowling and stuff. They've like shut it down and refurbed it since then. And it was after The Conjuring, the movie, the first one. We went down on the Trocadero to do a seance. And we got to do like table um, wrapping. We did um, Ouija boards and stuff. Kind of make some noises. And they both had very thick. They were like, they were called like something like Terry and Linda, but they were from Birmingham. So they had very thick, brummy accents. They're not the Enfield House haunting people, are they? No, but that's what they were. Like the, to the be. standard thing. And I was um, with them and we were doing a Ouija board. I've never done a Ouija board before. And they were like, oh, I've got. Oh, spirit here. She's from. She's a child from the 19th century. Oh wow, that's what, so long ago. What would you like to ask her? And I, my hand was on the little um, cursor on the Ouija board. I believe and it's called the planchette. Is it called the planchette? Mm. And it was it was the the theory behind Ouija board and that. it's like autonomic responses. I mean, it's like suggestion like you can yeah. guide it and stuff and my hands were well on the planchette mm. so i was moving that wherever i wanted okay and she was like oh what would you like to ask me and i just went i want to go home and i was like what's death like <laughs> and because i was on it i just went n i c e so this first time i had to go Nice. <laughs> and I was like, brilliant. Wow. I'm off home. <laughs> anyway, um, so apparently Diana's going to be there. I don't, Obviously. I'm going to take that, take that with a hefty, um, unhealthy pinch of salt. Have you hold, heard previously that Will said he could feel her presence at his wedding? Mm. But I don't think he meant it in the spooky ghost just way. I think nice he just meant way. in like, he said what people want to hear, which is, I felt yeah. like... My mum was at my wedding. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you? Like, I, I think I'm just, like, not spiritual at all. But, like, my, like when my parents died, and, like, I still understand the, the way that you can say that in a very reasonable way as well. Hmm. Like, oh, he's with me and stuff. Of course, yeah. Like, I've said that in times of my life in a very non-spiritual way at all. Mm. It's like, oh, he's with me. Yeah. Because in a very literal sense, they're half of your DNA. Yeah, and, like, just... You feel like it's a nice thing to say. They'd be proud and like you feel them in the sense that you're, you know, 
they're part of they're you, like you say, yeah. Oh, on that actually refreshingly upbeat note, we're going to go to some ads. <gasps> We were introduced, actually, by a mutual friend. Okay, we're going to go into feed... Oh, no, we're not going into feedback, because you've got something special, haven't you? Well, is that the very it end? It is feedback. And it's also on the topic of families, because we're talking family planning. We're talking prophylactics. God um, damn so right we week, are. we talked about um, the novelty condoms, heirloom condoms. Heirloom quality prophylactics. Oh, no. um, crown are, jewels. These are crown jewels condoms. Now... We talked about them last week, and we've ordered some. They're on mm-hmm. their way, apparently. But you, at the end, when you were going through their literature, their online literature about the condom... Well, I was looking at the actual box. You pointed out that they weren't a certified condom? It says they are a novelty item and not to be used for contraception. Now... Which we took umbrage with. Well, I never thought this would happen with this podcast, but we've become embroiled in a legal situation. Uh, <laughs> I mean... So, or quite genuinely, listener, all I know about this is that um, Hugh Pomfret, who we referred to several times and who I literally asked for work, hasn't got in touch, Hugh, get in touch, uh, mentioned uh, on Twitter, he said, we had a lovely chat about Crown Jewels condoms, hashtag our prince will come, or your prince will come. Mm. Um, and then he Hopefully said, as well. and then he said, but our, um, our lawyers are drafting up a statement. Yep. So, I've been worried for a week mate, I about got the what email. that means. I got the, this is my personal email he's sending this to. What? It's because I bought the condoms. But he, that's Hugh. <laughs> I, don't know if it, I don't know if you're allowed to use my email like that. Anyway, Hugh said, this is some serious shit. I'm genuinely worried you're not allowed to do this. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I excited. actually shit myself when I read this. Um, dear Mr. Krupa. I've been advised by our lawyers to prepare a statement. Like, all that I get going to this email address oh, is no. Amazon receipts and my contact lenses. What's the subject? Um, regarding the reliability of Crown Jewels condoms. Okay, that's There's a- no... Mm, I've been advised by our lawyers to prepare a statement vis-a-vis. Legal language. Shit. The, uh, the outrageous accusations regarding the reliability of our products. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. No accusations. I'm, I read out what you said on your packaging. I'm just reading what you said. Yeah. I'm am, just responding I, now. I am attaching this here. May I take this opportunity to assure yourself and Mrs. Scrabbles that Crown Jewels pays the closest attention to the safety and luxury of its product. I've, I've got a very specific question. Now he says he pays extremely close attention. Has he spelt my name correctly? Yep. I believe him. I trust this will set your minds at rest. If I can be any further of, assist- further of assistance, of any further assistance, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Regards, etc. Hugh Pomfret, founder, Crown Jewels Heritage. I didn't realise he was the founder. I thought he was just the PR guy. Now I didn't realise we were talking I know to the that big you cheese. You have the the voice. Oh, yeah. of luxury condoms and um, down. I thought I'd give you. The statement to read. I would like to apologise. This was issued in London on March 22nd, 2018. I'd like to apologise before I start this for referring to someone who works in the area of condoms as the big cheese. Uh, right. Oh, Jesus. <clears throat> oh, my God. I've never read this before. <laughs> oh. London, March 22nd, 2018. Are royal wedding condoms suitable 
for penetrative sex? Question mark. Recent. <laughs> Sorry, I've just read the first line. <laughs> Recent reports by The Sun and the humorous royal wedding podcast The Windsor Knot have cast doubt on the efficacy of Crown Jewel's royal wedding condoms. Statements like, they don't work, have given a misleading impression that there are shortcomings in our prophylactic sheaths. I, I, shortcomings. He knows. Oh, you, you absolute genius. Crown Jewels categorically denies these reports and assures valued customers that its luxurious, artisan-style prophylactics are not only an effective barrier against gonorrhea, chlamydia, and a panoply of other sexually transmitted diseases, but offer 98% effectiveness in the prevention of unintended insemination. The confusion has arisen due to an unpacked disclaimer describing Crown Jewels as a novelty product not intended for use as a contraceptive. Sadly, this does not do justice to the luxurious sheaths held within, which not only bear a CE mark, but have been rigorously tested and judged sumptuous. <laughs> <laughs> sumptuous. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Hugh Pomfret, spokesman for Crown Jewels, said, This disclaimer was required due to the use of an audio device within the box. Without it, health and safety fanatics within the Department for Health would have imposed legal sanction upon us. Our condoms work. We just can't tell people they work. It's political correctness gone mad. You've lost me a bit with the end, because that's what something uh, maniac people say. But we'll go with it. Customers who wish to find out more are invited to read Regulation EU 2017-745 of the European Parliament and of the Council of 5th of April 2017 on Medical Devices, amending uh, Directive 2001-83-EC, Regulation EC number 178-2002 and Regulation EC number 1223-2009, and repealing Council Directives 90-385-EEC and 93-42-EEC. Ends... Uh, I'm just seeing if the small print has anything interesting. No, that's all the normal stuff. Well, Hugh, thank you so much for getting in touch. I loved reading that, apart from the political correctness gone bad bit. Uh, but I do understand slightly more the idea that, I, I guess, what, the Department for Health don't believe that people would understand that your box itself that plays a tune isn't a condom? <laughs> I do love the phrase shortcomings in a condom. Oh, mate. He's, uh, like, honestly, the idea of uh, a a condom being rigorously tested and judged (laughs) sumptuous, that is, uh, to to quote John Oliver, linguistic dynamite. (laughs) That is unbelievable. Okay, um, I feel like that might be a thing that develops in the next few episodes, perhaps, as we get deeper embroiled in legalities. As we... Really try on some sheaths. American crime story. That's why it is. (laughs) Now we've got uh, feedback from people who don't um, want to, I guess, maybe sue us. But let's go. Sell novelty condoms. Either or. Apparently they're one and the same these days. Uh, Did you want to begin? No, you go for it. Okay, I've got a nice little one, but I can do that with my next one. This is a big old. Story, and I'm looking at it very briefly, and I think it sounds wicked. This is from Catherine Moore. It's called The Ghosts of Windsor Gate House. Uh, you sent me the other day a lovely little um, uh, WhatsApp video 
um, saying uh, movies should start like this more often. Oh, it's like old credits. Of, and uh, it was from The House That Dripped Blood. Yes, an old Amicus movie. And it was just like, the, the titles just fly into the screen to a discordant track. Yeah. And that's how I imagine the ghosts of Windsor Gatehouse to appear. <laughs> to the noble persons of... Uh, I'm just doing the fucking voice. I'm going to stop. To the noble persons of Liege Lord Joe Scrabbles and Crown Prince Dan Krupa. Uh, Daniel Krupa, please. First of all, just wanted to say that even as a Republican, not the scary American kind, I love the podcast and I'm currently binging my way through it. Hence why this email is on something you mentioned in the second episode. That's fine. I love that. Despite my general distrust of royalty, my grandfather was a knight of the garter and lived in one of the houses just inside Windsor Castle's walls. So he'd know all about exoskeleton really uh, Usain Bolt. All right. I'm going to read it. Don't worry. It's like interesting. We've got people who have these little... Oh, I see. I thought you meant as if I wasn't paying it due attention. I'm just saying in general. I just thought you were on a go, mate. I think Usain Bolt in the exoskeleton is also very uh, He's wicked. And on several occasions, I would go with my family to visit him. Whenever we stayed, we would put up in what I think was called the gatehouse, the apartment that stretched over one of the entrances to the castle. I think I know exactly what they're talking about, because you can see them from the high street. I've seen a lot of pictures, yeah. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. As, it's not a blah, blah, blah. I'm not skipping anything. It's just that I was reading the same bit again. I apologise. As well as being incredibly old, there was a... That's so polite of you. I, yeah, but I didn't nice want anyone to think fun. I was doing that. As well as being incredibly old, there was a spot on... Mm, oh, there's a spot on the window where Anne Boleyn supposedly scratched her initials before she was executed, but mostly the apartment wasn't particularly remarkable. Except for one room. The library. You have to bear in mind that I was only about seven when I first stayed here, but I went back several times up until the age of about 15, and I never stayed in this room longer than I had to. This is wicked. I'm spooked myself. It may have been the fact that it had no windows, and that the only light source was one very weak bulb, but this little room was always creepy. I call it a library, but it was the size of a large closet, with shelves of books on military history. It also seemed to always be colder in there than anywhere else, which was odd, because it didn't face the outside. It may have been my overactive imagination, but there was often a faint whispering sound when you were in there. It could have been the wind, but didn't face the outside. There was also some sort of rumour that there was a ghost in the tower, and that may have fed my overactive imagination, but one night I got up to get a drink, and on my way back I passed the corridor leading to this room. I thought I could hear something being said on the other side of the door, but thought it must have been my parents talking in there. Because I was an idiot child who hadn't watched enough horror films, I went down the corridor and opened the door. The room was empty, but the light was on and the voices stopped. In hindsight, maybe they were talking in the room next to it, but it scared me enough to make me run back to bed. I also remember an instance of being there when I was older, and wake up in the morning to find that my book had been moved from my bedside table to one of the shelves in the room. Though admittedly that may have been my brother trying to freak me out. He seemed genuinely surprised, and I think he probably would have laughed at me more. Anyway, sorry that this email ended up being so long. Pass on to the Queen of Suits that she should bring a book offering... (coughs) Offering library ghosts to appease... Uh, sorry. Should bring a book offering to library ghosts to appease them. Up the proles, High Commissar Catherine. <laughs> what a brilliant email. That's an amazing email. I tried to make it as ghostly as possible. I, I thought I'd... you read that in a brilliant way. I was happy it with was that. It was like Christopher Lee. Except not as cool, and I haven't killed many Nazis. Christopher Lee is amazing. He killed Nazis. You know if you ever read into like, Christopher Lee's like, achievements, he's 
ridiculous. He was insane. I, I, I'm he was sh- in the SAS. Yeah. He? Oh, well, he he's was an absolute polymath. He wasn't in the SAS. He was in um, what became... I, th- I don't think I'm getting this wrong. He was in what became MI5. So he was a spy oh, okay. before spies. And have you heard the thing about him on the set of Lord of the Rings? This is one of the best Hollywood stories of all time, right? I don't, I don't like Lord I of the Rings at all. I would have loved to have met. Oh my god! But also been terrified of him. He's a terrifying man. He's well, you love Hammer. and Frankenstein. But he um and the Mummy. I think it was Peter Jackson himself who told this story. Look it up. I'll get it wrong, but I, I promise you, this is as close as possible to what the truth is from my memory right now. He. Um, Christopher Lee was on the set of Lord of the Rings and was on the set when Peter Jackson was directing someone who, I don't like the Lord of the Rings films, I think they're bollocks, but there's a bit where someone gets their throat slit in one of them. Yeah, sure. Don't know which one. Sure. And Peter Jackson was directing someone as to the noise they should make when they've had their throat slit. Christopher yeah. Lee apparently walks up and goes, that's not what it sounds like. And just walks away again. Fucking <laughs> And you're like, fucking hell, Christopher Lee killed Nazis by slitting their throats. What a wicked dude. Arnie's Dracula. <laughs> uh, the reason I said that is a really good, uh, I think they made it for the BBC, there's a really good TV show where it's it's him being M.R. James reading his ghost stories at no. Christmas. Because M.R. James was a professor at Cambridge and he, when he first wrote his ghost stories, he used to recite them, or just read them out to his students. Mm. And the BBC film Christopher Lee just reading the stories. And it doesn't cut away to a dramatization. It's Christopher Lee reading them for 20, 30 minutes. And it's like Christopher Lee is so magnetic. Uncut. Uncut. Is there any fluffs? Because, no. Doesn't fluff it. It's Christopher Lee. He's not fluffing. Fair play to him. Uh, I'm going to do two emails, because the first one's quite short. And the first one's from Christopher Crow, the Duke of Crow. Oh, we've had him before. We've had him before. I Love th- him. And also, like, um, I recognise Chris's name, and that's why I feel... I think he's written to lots of shows that we do outside of the Windsor or not. Hmm. That's why I feel comfortable razzing him. <laughs> um, he sent us this in. The, the subject title is Lifetime Movie, Harry and Meghan. I'm sure you fellas... G'day, because he's from Australia. Um, I'm sure you fellas have heard about this, but there is a sexy Lifetime movie coming out about the royal couple. I've heard we that. have heard about this, and I think if I'm not sure when it's out, but I think we might watch it one week. Maybe we just then... need to do a TV special where we watch that. <clears throat> we watch the final episode of Suits. If it's yeah, out. I think we like. I think we should do that. Anyway. I want to get your suit. Can I wear the suit now? Oh, give us the suit. Oh, it's a dress. Oh, it's made by Dapper. <laughs> uh, oh, Dapper. We're like eating ourselves now. Um, yeah, I think we'll probably try and watch that before the end of the run. Definitely. Um, but he says. Check out this new trailer. And he puts a YouTube link. But because I think Chris follows us for something else, you click on the link. It's 16 minutes of God of War footage. Well, of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I hope the Royal Wedding's like that. Well done, uh, mate. Cheers, Chris. Um, God of War to the people not uh, <laughs> not in the know. This time, uh, God of War, well, it would be four, I guess. No, it's five, just called God five. of War. God of War 5. Is about a man living in uh, Norse myth time and killing zombies and snakes. Check it out. With an axe. Uh, the next email is from Laura, who works at AV Club, who gave the podcast a very nice email, um, write-up this week. Laura's my favourite now. That's not why she's got special privileges to get no. her email read out. It's just a very good email. She's reading loads of emails. So this is, um, she's forwarded me, I think, an email that she got as kind of like a PR email. 
because it kind of looks similar to some of the stuff that we get. Okay. And I think it's on behalf in America of te- of a PR agency that's repping Tetley's Tea. What? So they've sent her like an itinerary of like the perfect royal wedding viewing party. And one of the things you can do is have Tetley's Tea as part of it. So it's like, it's like things you can eat and things you can – basically it's a menu themed around things that both – Megan and Harry like right. So it's like, oh, on the day of the royal wedding, you can have Megan's favorite breakfast, breakfast, breakfast foods, and Prince Harry's childhood traditions. So it's like on the day of the royal wedding, you can have Megan's go-to acai bowl, includes bananas, berries, almond milk, cornflake flakes, manuka. It sounds minging. Isn't it? Well, acai, love- isn't acai one of those berries that you get sold at the bottom of yes. websites? Well, <laughs> like well, in the, also, in the last thing in this bit. recipe is bee pollen. Honey. Well, no. Oh, no, pollen. Slacker dust. It sounds minging. Anyway. You're criticising your would-be human wife's... uh, Human wife. I meant future wife. She's lovely. I I don't mean I... Just because I'm married to her. I don't have to eat the same shit as her. But you're going to have a go at her acai bowls. Anyway. So there's this full menu of things you can have to accompany the day of the royal wedding. Yeah. But there's one specific point that Laura zeroed in on that she okay. wants to, to feed back on. So the thing that Harry kind of offers to this menu is just dash bacon. <laughs> um, well, that sounds very Harry. Prince Harry fancies crispy bacon. Oh, no way. Which he first tasted in Disney World as a kid. Be sure to finish yours in the microwave. For that extra crunch. Oh, now, no. to go back to Laura's um, email, she excerpts what I just read, and then she says, this has proved quite contentious around the office. So we're now planning a bacon throwdown or something. So I'm not, I, I assume she means, I don't know if she means like finishing in the microwave for extra crunch. I, I, I assume she means British bacon versus US bacon. Well, so this is the thing. For a start, what, is, what bacon is is a critically different thing in yeah. US and UK. Because we're, what, back bacon, and they're yeah. streaky bacon. Yeah. Well, and we have streaky bacon here. We do. But we don't cook it like them. No. So I love a chew. I'm a chewy bacon guy. So Joe and I, <laughs> far prior to this conversation, have already discussed this as friends. Yeah. You and I actually like really kind of wet, chewy. Almost underdone. Yeah. I like it to feel like I'm still eating an animal in some way. Dangerously. Yeah. Like, so I think this is what Laura's asking. I hope so, anyway. I hope it's not the microwave point, is the difference between... So a lot of American, if you go to an American restaurant, I've been to America several times on holiday. If you go to breakfast mm-hmm. or out to a diner for breakfast, you get bacon, you're getting the very crispy bacon. It's getting stuck, in, stuck under your gums like crisps. It's, that it's is a problem the bacon. for me. The closest that you would get to kind of our bacon is like something like Canadian ham, maybe. Yeah, like, that's you a get bit Canadian more, bacon occasionally. But that's a bit more what we have. In Britain, you're getting big old rashes of back bacon. Quite thick, often chewy. Yeah, soft. They're like a very thin pork chop. Yeah. Salty. Yes, that's a perfect description of them. And obviously, it's what you're accustomed to. And I like going to America... Don't get me wrong. I like having a bit of crispy bacon. Mm. It's not as good. It's not because it gets stuck. Right. If I'm eating bacon in, in America, it's going with pancakes. Now, on the flip side, American pancakes, absolutely shit on British pancakes. Those weird little crepe things that we people cre- like over it. We basically have a weird British emulation of a French crepe. Horrible business. I like. We got, it's like an embarrassed crepe. I'm, I don't. 
I don't claim much about my very brief upbringing in Canada, but I will stick to my guns that the two things I brought with me that I love are fake cheese, as in like, yeah, I like bad fa- nacho I, I, I cheese. Like, I like crap cheese. And yeah. like craft and like craft dinner cheese. Has its place, yeah. Oh craft dinner's the greatest thing in the world. And big thick doughy pancakes. Those are the two things that I think I cannot ever Oh, and the other one is black currant tastes like shit. What is wrong with the UK like in blackcurrant flavoured things? Awful business. Right. Blackcurrant's awful. What the fuck are you Ribena. What is um, everyone on about? But so big thick pancakes, when you have crispy bacon on them, all the shards get stuck in it like glass. It's horrible. That was my point, is I don't understand the, the concept. Yeah, like I'm sure I'm <laughs> sure su- su- yeah. I'm sure you'd like to like you know what? In my salad days when I was younger, I went to Disney World, and sure, I thought crispy bacon was all that. Yeah, but now I grew up. As I bet, I I, I put away childish things like crispy bacon, <laughs> and it's not as good as a big wet piece of bacon. One hundred percent, no. Also, you know, like sometimes British bacon, like when you get super cheap bacon from my, like Peter's, when you get um, <sighs> like a bacon sandwich, which is very British, Soaks like. Through. British breakfast and greasy spoon and a good hangover cure it's when you get the bacon there's that weird scum that accumulates on it Uh, mate I know it's not appeasing I love the scum I love that scum it's like salt fat so thank you for your email (laughs) Laura Um, it's led us to reveal ourselves as quite gross people big fat scum bacon boys (laughs) this is from Adrian And it says, wedding cake lost, which sounds worrying. Hello. Loving your podcast. It's wonderfully entertaining and informative. I do, however, have to disagree with your statement in the episode updates. What? That no one looks forward to a wedding cake. Now, I actually listened back to that episode, and you know what? I think I was quite rash saying that no one looks forward to a wedding cake. What I meant was no one looks forward to wedding cake, as in fruitcake but i put it badly we'll carry on adrian's got a point to make i'm not going to ruin it my wife and i tested wedding cakes a plenty before settling on a lovely rich lemon cake made with lemons <laughs> good oh wait he carries on it's just the, the line change lemons cream cheese what i can only assume was buckets of sugar and or joy The testing sample was only a small slice, so on the big day, I looked forward to getting myself a great slab of the cake. That's your total prerogative. Go for it, mate. However, you spent hundreds of pounds on it. Exactly. However, as the cakes were being served, I was called away from the table to look for my elderly uncle. He'd recently had a stroke, so people were naturally concerned. They needn't have been, as I quickly found him downstairs in the public area of our wedding venue, sharing drinks with a football team having an (laughs) end-of-season party. Your uncle sounds rad. (laughs) Reassured of my uncle's well-being, I returned to the wedding reception to devour my cake. Only the cake was gone! (sighs) To this day, I don't know what happened to it. No one, not even my beloved wife, was able to tell me where it went. It remains a sore point in our relationship. Adrian. That was quite sad in the end. Adrian, you know what? You should just make a huge cream cheese lemon cake for yourself absolutely and eat the whole thing like that's surely where you're at at this point or buy one get order one as an anniversary present to yourself that'd be lovely that's lovely yeah well done adrian oh man for I, the I, future. I actually really like fruitcake 
how have we got this far into this into this me cutting off fruitcake and saying I hate it for you to say that? I just don't like it. Oh, it's bad. Do you like Christmas pudding? No, awful. Person. I know that's essentially fruitcake, but yeah. sometimes people make an exception. It's hot. So it's, it's like got, sprouts, yeah. isn't it? It's the one time you hear people go, "I'll give it a pass." I only like sprouts when they're fried with bacon, so they taste of bacon. Big fat wet bacon. The treats. The goods. Oh, mate, sprouts with chorizo. Are you doing that? I do that. I don't know where this is going. Do that. Finely chopped sprouts. Yeah. So oh, you, I like them. Fr- you, yeah. You so put they the really, chorizo in. They really so you get fry. The fat from chorizo. Put the sprouts in. Wilt them down. Couple eggs. Oh. Put that on the grill. Frittata. Yeah. Oh, mate. You might have just sold sprouts to me. I ha- I'm not gonna lie to you, Joe. I had another email, and then I was passing over my. I hadn't read it prior to the show, and I, like when I was reading it just then, when you're reading yours out, I realised there's a bit in it that was quite offensive, so I ditched it. Okay. So, <laughs> well, that- thanks to whoever that was. <laughs> so um, that's this week's show. Yes. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. But if you want to email us, you can contact us anytime at show at windsornotpod.com mm-hmm. or you can follow us at Twitter at windsornotpod and I've put that on my phone and I'm actually responding to things properly yeah, now too. quite a lot we're, we're very good at engaging honestly it's not because we were well no it's mostly because we were terrible and we didn't check but it was, I didn't know what the password was for ages we couldn't work it out <laughs> no and um, don't think about it too much because you could figure it out um, <laughs> uh, no oh, I wish you hadn't said that <laughs> we'll change it we'll change it now Um uh, also, remember if you like the podcast to reviews on iTunes. Oh. I've actually got several messages from people saying they can't do it on the app. Oh, I think uh, it's actually. I, I think the app's a problem. I, I think if you're doing it on desktop, I That's went a bigger on. ask of people. Oh, of course it is, but I went on and checked, and the 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 confusion for me was the point at which it shows the stars that the review uh, so that the podcast has. You can't press them to give a review. So you know where it shows, like, four and a half stars? Oh, you've got to go further down. You don't get to click those stars to try and amend there, that there score. Are, like, you can on... Stars. I think you can on, like, TripAdvisor and uh, Amazon and things yeah. like that. You have to go way down to the review section, and then you leave one there. Um, mm. I don't know about the app. I haven't checked. The, the Apple Podcasts app, particularly, is a big old piece of shit. But thank you so much for listening to us on it. Thank you. <laughs> and, and we'll see you next week. Love you, bye! Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 